Moo and good evening, everyone. Brent Robinson here with a special Tron Versations episode of the Pink Tron. With me to help with this is Sean Fogenberg. Sean, what are you drinking? Uh, going with the non-alcoholic Gia Aperitif, a Gia and ginger spritz. Well, that sounds tasty. And with us is our special conversations guest today the foremost expert in matt defreitas matt defreitas matt what are you drinking uh yeah i've got a i'm very boring i've got a uh, sports drink i'm recovering from the race it's like an sis dark berry or berry flavored drink so apologies for for not not uh, getting the memo no problem i've been boring <laughs> enough times on this show but i have a gray monk l50 red wine and it is, um, it's so interesting enough, it says specifically that it uh, shows notes of cherry, vanilla, and a hint of cigar, finishing with a p- bit of peppery spice. So cigar? We're the, cigar. Yeah, and so we're reading this in the store, my wife says, yeah, that's because it's a 2021, and that was the year that the Okanaga was on fire. Mm. And I can tell you, she ain't wrong. I've never had a wine that tasted as smoky as this before. It it's mm. like you can smell it, like it smells smoky when you just smell it, and it tastes a little smoky. So it's a little different. Okay. It's not uh, it's not bad, but it is different. So uh this is a bit of a an excursion we're gonna go on here, but uh <laughs> I have a bunch of friends who uh did viticulture and enology here at UC Davis. Um, so they're winemakers and you know, in the Central Valley here, the smoke has been really bad in California. Um, a couple years ago, there's actually a, a bunch of smoke up in Oregon. And one of our friends has uh, started making wine in the Willamette Valley. Uh, and she mostly does white wines. Uh, and the most interesting wine I've ever had uh, was one that she made during from from the smoke. Uh, and it was it it almost tasted like a like cantaloupe mezcal uh but it was something that she would only sell to people she knew because she knew that it was one of those things that like the longer you leave it the worse it's going to get so like the smoke from the wildfires yep gets into the berries and into the skins and then it won't you it's really hard to get out and rather than just chucking all those grapes they They'll make something that says notes of cigar. <laughs> yeah. They just go with it. It's interesting. Anyway, we won't uh, belabor the drink talk anymore. Uh, but I think we will deviate from sometimes our conversation path. Matt, you've raced H- HWR race one today. Tell us how it went. Oh, my gosh. It was one of the probably one of my best races, actually, mostly because it was finally, finally, I managed to do a sprint finish after. You know what? I think it's 310 races after being mocked by James <laughs> Bailey and Craig Martin over my lack of sprint. So at least you've always been kind to me, Brent, with my lack of sprint. After being a runner that actually did have a bit of a sprint once back in the day and and somehow being very annoyed, it never translated into Zwift. And then so finally... I actually managed to get some watts out there. And so I'm, uh, and it, you know, there was a good field, came in fifth, really, really happy, really happy. So yeah, good one. <laughs> and it sounds like you, it's something that you've actually like done some like training for, not just racing, but like you've actually like done some work, you've done some low cadence, high torque stuff. You've kind of worked on some things. 
Yeah. So my so my coach has been getting me. I, I've I'm I've always been quite good out of the saddle, but because I'm going to be doing some um, duathlon soon with some time trials, and I've got it. You know, you can't. It's all right riding out of the saddle on Zwift, but obviously in real life you can't do that. So he's been getting me to really work in the saddle and, and do this low cadence to build up build up the leg strength. Um, and they, I don't know if you've done those sessions when you're doing like not even high, the really high watts, but like just seventy RPM. It is it, it's almost like doing a weight session. It's really really taxing on the legs. But um, after I think I've done it for like a couple of months now, and it seems to have built the strength up. And then Craig um, got me, you know, he's like super BMX guy. Uh, he got me onto the fact that actually to do a good sprint, you need to really have a fast leg turnover. So I've been kind of really working on the cadence as well. And I think today it all came together finally. <laughs> so I'm really happy. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a good race. And um, like, yeah, that in that, that field to finish rated that was a really good result so mm -hmm. good good well let's let's talk you talked about your running back i want you give us a little bit of your pre-zwift athletic history like i i know you were like a really good runner like i'm a runner some other people run in this world but no too many people run like matt <laughs> well not so much now but yeah so um i, I guess like i was always like fairly good at sports in general at school and generally quite good at sort of longer distance running um but i kind of just did lots of different sports at school and then when i was about 18 there was these kind of local races and uh and I've, i'd always enjoyed doing running races so I, so I entered those they weren't it wasn't they were just like i don't know if you've heard of park run you have do you have park run out there very yep. similar sort of thing to park run but just like local very local things and uh, did quite well and somebody from the running club said oh you know you should join the running club and so, um, and I'd always kind of wanted to do it. So I trundled off to the running club. I was 18 and um, really struggled at first because everyone, there were some really good athletes there and then slowly got better and better. And then um, kind of within like about three or four years, I really, really sort of improved. And, you know, to the point where um, when I was like 23, I got picked to run for England over the like 1500 meters and the mile. And then, um, and then ran for Great Britain a few times indoors and uh, out on the track and that kind of thing. So yeah, really, fifteen hundred meters was my kind of running distance. Um, so yeah, just had like pretty much like, and then I kind of gave up really quickly. So I had like six years of really fantastic, enjoyable running, then gave up, and then since then I've been trying to, <laughs> to, to like about twenty comebacks, um, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I loved it. So looking just just a quick Google search, uh, seeing that you've done sub four minute miles, what what was your all time? Yeah, PR? so um, yeah, three fifty eight was my best for for the mile. So I didn't manage to do three sub four miles. And actually, the funny thing is that even after all this time, like there's lots of there's more and more runners that are doing sub four minute miles these days for sure. But um, it's still something that carries quite a a bit of sort of significance in the running world so if if you turn up quite often people say oh yeah and he's run a sub four minute mile and it's like <laughs> it's quite it's quite a nice sort of feeling it's quite a nice sort of club to to be in because it definitely isn't something that anyone could just rock up and and do you you, you know it's so yeah I, and to be honest i it's kind of funny really because you know i wasn't 
that you know i i when i went to university i trained with some people that were just mega running talents when i started running i wasn't one of those mega talents um and so sometimes i look back and think well, i some you know somehow i don't quite know how it it all worked out but um you know and maybe it shows that hard work kind of sometimes pays off but um yeah, sometimes I look back and I don't really know how I did it, but <laughs> they're on my record, so <laughs> can't take it back. Yeah, just just, um, just looking up uh, world tour uh, cyclist Mike Woods, who started as a uh, runner. His his uh, best mm. mile was a three fifty seven. So maybe you maybe yeah, you've got yeah. maybe you've got world tour in your future. <laughs> bit, bit bit late for me now, but yeah. So he's he's like um, sub four minute mile and, and Tour de France rider, wasn't he? I think which is absolutely pretty special. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. But yeah, there's actually seems to be like quite a lot of good runners that, um, that do translate into cycling. Um, so, and, and what I've been finding, finding out now that back in the day, there was a lot of quite good runners that did cycling. I didn't even know they did it. I wish I'd kind of done it back then, but, um, yeah, but it seems, does seem to translate a little bit. That, uh, those, uh, that like local running stuff that you talk about, um did you ever do fell running so i didn't um i would mm. quite i do i have kind of done it in a in a sort of um just in sort of, sort of for fun i've never done any races but yeah that that's the problem it really is massively jarring on the legs but mm. really really good fun and then also the funny funny thing is some people are really good at running downhill i don't know if you've experience that when you've been running some people can just let themselves go and go downhill so fast and um i kind of struggle with that a bit so i think i don't think it, it is it looks really brilliant fun and it is kind of fun when you're running up and down hills and stuff but the really good fell runners they they just they're like flipping mountain goats they just like <laughs> trundle down the hill so fast yeah i i um the, the reason i asked so is because I've I've followed Johnny and Alistair Brownlee a bunch, and in their book they talk about being youth and getting into fell running, and that was kind of their yeah. first thing. This the school would kick them out the door and go like go run this stupid race up and down these hills, and they're like, "This is brilliant, we love it." And they'd all be there's pictures of you know covered in mud and looking like nonsense. So, well, they they were they were brilliant runners actually. Like I think they came from a running background originally they were both um especially alistair was a fantastic uh runner on cross country and things like that so yeah so you you mentioned that you didn't really get into running until kind of later what was the but that you were an athlete growing up what were what were your sports growing up yeah so um kind of lots of different sports actually my, my favorite sport funnily enough was basketball um so i love basketball i even played at the university i played in in the basketball not in not in the first team or anything but i i used to train with the second team um and i played badminton played badminton at sort of county level which is like a decent sort of level and i played in the university first team for badminton so i had lots of different sports i did play football wasn't quite so good um played rugby i played like cricket so i just just loved sport in general um and i kind of running was probably one of my better sports at school but I never I didn't do it I didn't train for it at all um, whereas I did train for those other things I used to do badminton training I used to do basketball training but I just running I just turn up and run which is I wish I'd kind of uh, done a little bit more now yeah well so I guess um, when did you first get into cycling was that a pre-Zwift <clears throat> thing or did you ever do cycling before that 
I used I only used to really like cycle to school and cycle to um to work but uh, the one time I did do a proper race was at at university so I went to Loughborough Uni which was really well known for for sports in the UK and um they we in the university they had this competition that was like a the different halls of residence used it was a competition between the different halls of residence and there was a cycling competition and how it worked was if you were like in the the, the university cycling team like the one of the top riders you couldn't take part but then the second team and downwards could take part and other people and um, I borrowed a bike and um, did that and I and I did like the second fastest time of the day behind somebody that was in the second team for the in the cycling team so um, that was kind of the only time I, I did riding but then like 2019 actually before Covid um, because I was getting some running sort of injuries I thought well you know actually let's 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 do this I, I saw this Zwift thing thought it looked pretty cool and so I got myself a, a trainer and um, yeah started in 2019 but it was only really 2020 when um, I don't even know how it kind of happened but I, I got chatting to James and he um, recruited me into one into the ZRL team that that, that they had and it was a really great team it was James um, Becker um, Orgen um, I think Craig might have been in it sometimes, uh, Steve Pritchard. And uh, yeah, we just had like so much fun. And that was kind of what got, got really got me into it. Yeah, I'm trying, I know I know exactly what team that is, and I cannot remember the name of it for the life of me. But yeah, yeah. So, um, you, so I guess yeah, basically until Zwift, you'd never done like that one doing that one bike race. You'd never like done any road riding, no time trials, none of that stuff. No, no, nothing at all. No, um, <clears throat> I've always I did a lot of cycling in like to work and everything, and I was fairly, <clears throat> I probably was fairly okay cyclist, but uh, yeah, and and it's going to be interesting now because I've got some duathlons because obviously people say, well, yeah, you you know you you're all right on Zwift, but are you any good outdoors? So these duathlons are going to actually show me whether it, I can translate it. <laughs> Hopefully I can, but uh, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess the, I can tell you just from having done like triathlons and stuff, the first thing is, is, is there is position matters, especially in something like a duathlon that's non-draft. I mean, you got to be able to hold, like, do you have like a TT bike? Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not one of the like the mega like you know really mega expensive ones, but it's it's quite decent. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, it's that it's you got to be able to do it in position and like hold position and and still execute power, which is a different ball game. Yeah, no, absolutely. Swift. <laughs> yeah, there's no, definitely gonna... a a trade off of power and arrow. Yeah, yeah. So I I'm gonna get my aero bike, uh, my TT bike on the rollers, which could end up. Um, I don't know if you've ever tried rollers, and especially tried a, a TT bike on the rollers, but it could end up in some sort of horrible calamity. Um, but uh, yeah, you you guys are absolutely right. You, it getting that position and being able to um, put the power down is going to be very different for me. So uh, that's why I've been really working on the this this kind of seated power rather than. Because you know, for example, when when we did the um, the club championships recently for the TT, I was out of my saddle the whole of that 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 thirty that thirty minute TT or whatever it was, twenty five minutes. I, I just rode out of my saddle. Yeah. 
So uh, I need to be in the saddle. <laughs> so you just you just run on the bike. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, exa exactly. Yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> that explains a lot, actually. <laughs> mm, mm. Yeah, but things are changing because now I'm now I've been working on the the high cadence stuff. I'm finding it so much easier to 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 keep up with, you know, up the the smaller hills. I can kind of keep up in the saddle now. Interesting. So, um, like when you first got onto Zwift in 2019, like first, did you get like a full smart trainer? Did you have like the full kit? Like, yeah, I got a, I had a, I had a kicker core. Kicker core. Yeah. yeah. So, um, it's it actually been, it's quite interesting because I saw somebody posted recently on the Zwift riders, like, did you, you know, where did you start? Um, and how long did it take you to go from C to B and all that kind of thing? And I, and I was def definitely like a lower C and um and sort of you know slowly built up i mean one thing i do love i love doing the training so i've got quite a good capacity for doing lots of training but um it's been quite a quite a cool journey of going from you know the c into the b's and it, when i was in the b's that's when i started racing with james and then james be out of the out of my because it was kind of close between myself craig and james who would become the first a and james became the a first and um yeah so it's uh it's been, yeah, it's been kind of an interesting journey but I, yeah i started off very very low down in the seas on my kicker core yeah and what did you what did you like did you have a road bike or what were you putting on your trainer yeah so yeah just an old i had an old road bike and um okay. I've, I've still got like a i've i have changed it to a different old road bike but um, I have got quite a nice road bike that I ride, but it's like a carbon frame one. It's a Cervelo S5. And um, yeah, it's really, really nice. Um, I mean, it's just, it almost feels like, you know, when you, you push down on the pedals, it, you can just feel the power go through the bike. Um, but because it's got the carbon frame, I don't think you're meant to put it on the trainers. It's also got the DI2 gears and all that kind of stuff. So I'd love to use it, but <laughs> I've been uh I've been riding my Cervelo R3 for four years on the trainer and oh really with with bigger bigger sprint watts. So has it got know. a carbon frame? Yep. Oh wow. It's been oh, I mean it's wow. been fine. Yeah. I used to have a Cervelo uh felt B. 12 TT bike and I used to put it on the trainer and the only thing that was a pain in the neck about it was it had horizontal dropouts. Ooh. Um, I don't know why that's a thing on TT bikes. Apparently it's not that uncommon in TT bikes, but it was what does that mean? So, you know, like when you go to put your rear wheel on, you just, the little dropout is like vertical, like up and down like that. So you just pop the wheel in and out. Okay. They're horizontal like that. So you oh. like slide it back in. Okay. Which I guess oh, wow. is some, it has something because I think the reason for it is that the clearance of the wheel is so tight to the frame and the front. You can't so even, it can't like go any further back or the wheels hit. And I did have a bit of wheel rub at some points. One of the little, I don't know what they're called, but the little uh, notches, like there's that little metal piece. I can't remember what it's called, but it like got loose and twisted. And then I was having like rub on my tire, which yeah. was, you know, super annoying when you're riding around you're like, why the hell does it feel like I'm pedaling through mud and you'd, come out oh crap i've got all this rubber against my frame and then i take it into the shop and like oh yeah this little maybe it's called a grommet i think it might be called a grommet had mm. twisted in the thing and they had to reaffix it so oh yeah. maybe i'll get my surveilo on the the train it could get some even more even more watts yeah 
<laughs> I don't know. Shouldn't I mean I, yeah. the one thing that the good shifting will might help. That's for sure. I don't know yeah. what you got for shifting on your other one, but if you're got like you know some Tiagras or something like that, it might be a bit rough. Yeah, it, it, I think it's 105s when they're okay, but um, not as good as the Di2s, which are just beautiful. But I, I just to quickly go back to race one today, I had a a little like I was shifting on one of the climbs to get into gear, and I had like one of those little slips, you know, and I kind of go, it's like, oh god, yeah. I'm gonna fall out of this group. <laughs> Thankfully, it got back in, but um, well, I've got a, I've because I changed my bottom bracket recently, and I've got that. When I when I stand up and on the pedals at the moment, it's re it's making quite a creaky noise, and I need to work out where the I'm sure I think it is coming from the bottom bracket, but um, it's like a little bit annoying. It's actually quite loud. <laughs> creaky bottom bracket is a real yeah, thing. I had, to, yeah. I had to get mine serviced last year. Yeah, I need to do something about it. So you said that you started. When you, when you started, you were in the kind of mid-low Cs. Uh, yep. Coming from being essentially a really high VO2 max runner, uh, was that something that you already had as like a really good, good efforts and you just couldn't hold it for longer or were you just not in shape yet? Um, I think, yeah, it was partly the not in shape, but I think mostly... It was um, it was around the cadence. So my natural cadence for cycling was, was about seventy five. And to be honest, I as people will know that um, talk to me on in different cycling groups, I know nothing about cycling really. <laughs> I'm like an absolute cycling noob. So I I knew nothing about cadence, didn't know what it meant. Um, and you know, I'm just trying to learn at seventy five. And and my legs used to get quite tired. And then, um, then I started reading up about it. I was like, oh yeah, you know, 90 seems to be a good number. So again, I, I trained and trained to try to get my cadence up to 90. And as soon as I got it to that point, you, I, there was quite a big jump in, in the, my ability to be able to keep the power down for much, much longer. So, so before I, I was quite good on hills, but any flat courses, um, everyone, it would just be so tiring. Um, you know, after a short length of time. But once I got the cadence up to 90, it made it again, it, there was a big jump forward. So that was probably when I got into the, started getting into the Bs. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And when you, like when you first started Zwifting before you found herd and herd racing and stuff, did you, did you primarily just do workouts? Did you do group rides? Did you find any of the herd stuff at all? Um, so I did, I did find the herd stuff. So eventually, so, um, I just did a couple of races. I, I didn't mind doing races, but um, sort of the shorter races. And um, and then I think I joined a herd. Um, so I'm lo looking at my profile. So, yeah, so I did like a so kind of social ride. Um, and then my the kind of seventh ride I did was a herd uh, beginner race. So that was <clears throat> that was like... Um, how I discovered herd and got and started uh, doing a lot more herdy type stuff. So, yeah, so I did those herd beginner races and did a herd morning ride. And these were like my first few races back in like or rides back in 2019. Nice. And, and tell us like the how does the 
I guess that first ZRL season that you would have that would have been like the very first ZRL season when you know it was all kind of fresh and new and mysterious and all that. Mm. Yeah, what I'm... is that conversation like with James or whoever recruits you? Yeah, um, I don't know how I ended up talking to James. I mean, I was doing a lot of I, I can look. I'm looking at my profile now. I was doing a lot of herd um, group rides, and I did the stampede. I did a stampede. So then I didn't cycle a, a bit until I think September of 2020. I kind of stopped, um, and I think I did that stampede and did reasonably well. I'd lost a little bit of weight. I was really really fit around that time. That was you know, sort of midway through COVID. And, um, and I, yeah, I think I've done some team time trials as well. Maybe that's how we got chatting. And that, that was kind of when, yeah, when he kind of recruited me. And that first, you know, those first WTRL races, they were, they're the first one I did was um, actually January 2021. Um, and, um, I mean, it they they were just so hard. I mean, it was I was in the bees. Or Orjin won it as as he always does, but uh, they and uh, they were just so hard. And you know, you I, I I'd get dropped after a few hills. It was actually the Richmond Richmond course. So um, yeah, really 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 hard. I found them. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Were you doing the the WTRL TTTs with the herd? Yes. Yeah, that was those were I was mostly doing the TTTs as the races because I, I got into those, really, really enjoyed them. And then I think um, they, I, I was getting better and better at them. And then they put me in. I remember there was a, a one of them was over the hilly route. And on the first lap, I kind of overconfidently went up the hilly, the, the hilly com um, way too quick. And I had, and I had to stop, and I was just I was like absolutely devastated that I'd like let the team down and like let myself down, and you know, and it kind of uh, just showed me that I wasn't quite <laughs> quite up there where I was meant to be at that point. But um, yeah, I'm a little bit competitive, as you might might have appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's all, that's all of us are here for that. Yeah. So I know. In one particular ZRL race on Surrey Hills, you had a good race. You're going to have to oh. tell. There might be some new people who have not yet heard <laughs> the legend what? of the Bad Defreda Surrey Hills race. So why don't you tell us that story? What new people like in like Outer Mongolia and places like that? Uh, <laughs> on, in the international space We get, we space get like station. five new riders to Zwift Herd Racing League a week. Like I'm on the... I'm in the admin group, so I see the admits every week. So <laughs> I know we get like five or six every week. So there's like 250 people that have joined since yeah. that race who may not have heard the legend well, of is, Surrey Hills. This is especially for Chris Greenland because he loves hearing this story. It's <laughs> one of his, he, 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 it's one of his favorite, fav, favorite anecdotes at parties and things like that. He tells people of it, but yeah. Um, <laughs> so we were, we were in, it was in the, in the bees. So um, we had a really decent team. Um, it was, I think Steve Douglas was, was riding. Chris was riding that day. Um, and there was this guy called Gunnar, I guess his name was Gunnar Witt because uh, he was German um, and he'd won every single uh, in that particular league. He'd won every single race. So whether it was a hilly race, whether it was a sprint race, whatever, he'd won, every, won everything. So we started off on this this one and Steve Steve's actually um, a really good climber. And I fancied myself as being a reasonable climber. So 
we we hit the I, I think sorry how many is it like um five or six climbs isn't it the, that surrey hills two three so, five yeah so we went up the first one and steve and i got to the top and then i kind of um just like zoomed off the front and um i got about 10 second gap and gunner like started and i think there was a group of six of us but i'd got this 10 second gap going down and then gonna like started chasing me and i was like oh no you know what i'm gonna i'm just gonna keep pushing so i kept pushing and by the time we got to the bottom i think i was about 15 seconds ahead and then i really pushed up box hill which wasn't at that time wasn't one of the scoring ones so that maybe everyone else didn't wasn't that bothered about it and then by that time i had about 30 seconds gap and I was like, okay, this is interesting. And there was only, there was a group of five or six. And I think Steve wasn't because you know because I was his teammate. He wasn't really pushing it. And yeah, somehow it just I managed to stick it. And it was like about a forty kilometer solo <laughs> breakaway ride. And it, I've never done anything like it since. Probably will never do anything like it again. But it, <laughs> it was just one of the, the the best moments for me on Swift because. You know, it, it was just so unbelievable to be able to, um, yeah, to, to, you know, I mean, you know what it's like to be able to do a, like a breakaway like that um, on, on that sort of quite difficult course. Yeah. So um, it is um, it is definitely one of my favorite moments that I ever had on Zwift. Well, like, what was your approach when you're 30 seconds up? Like, do you just do you have a target for the hills? Do you have a target overall? Like, how do you how did you keep on like? keeping on if you know what i mean yeah to be honest, I, I wish i'd filmed because now i'm filming all of my rides and i wish i'd filmed it and um i understood what i was doing but i think i was just like riding scared mostly just looking but looking this focusing on the gap you know and just pushing up every hill and um on the last hill um i think i entered it with about 45 seconds lead and it was a bit like you were saying today, how the lead, you know, I could just see them getting closer and closer. And this Gunnar guy, like it was when, you know, my sprint was about 600 watts. And this guy had about something like 1300 watt sprint, like ridiculous. And I could see them coming and they they got within 15 seconds. <laughs> and I was really, yeah, really, really riding scared. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I pushed it up every hill. I tried to kind of time trial it on the on the flat bits, um, and somehow the group just never really got uh, until that final climb. They never really got any closer. So uh, yeah, it was just honestly I don't even know how it happened. That's, uh, like, but it's quite so... good fun winding Chris up about it because <laughs> he was in the race. <laughs> he was in the race. Oh, he was in that one. Okay, so yeah, I missed yeah, that yeah. one. I must have been Palominos for that one because I've got. I was. I've just checked mine. So a, it took me an hour and twenty-one minutes, and I was the second fastest herd rider in that. One. Mark John was in our race at that one. He did an hour twenty, and uh, Tom Fernandez was in my race too. Yeah, yeah. It took me an hour, an hour and twenty as well. So um, Harrison. So we. We we had Steve Douglas, Brian O'Connor, Ian Nick Nichols, and Chris. so we had like um, six in the Ooh, top that's a good fifteen. Team. That's a, it was like a really well up. But this Gunnar Vit guy had won every single race. So, um, and for those who don't know, like so, Surrey Hills is forty six kilometers. You do Fox Hill, and, which is a, a well, you probably do it in like seven ish minute climb then you do keith hill i think is that direction 
which is Fox Leaf Box Keith. Sorry, Fox Leaf Box Keith, and then Fox again. Yeah, so that's like a twelve-minute climb, basically. That that Leaf Hill, and then Box is another seven-one with that stupid kicker after you go through the KOM. Then you go Keith, which is terrible. Longer, yeah. (laughs) Twelve-minute, and the, the end bits are just brutal. And then, uh, yeah, you gotta go Fox one more time. So it's, um, like, it's no joke to keep that power up for an hour. I think I, I was I was looking at the gap all the time and just, just riding scared, basically. Just uh, <laughs> not really knowing how it was happening. <laughs> uh, and, and somehow avoided the Code 7. Yeah, well, well, because I think the thing was because it was um, it's hour and twenty. So yeah, I'm looking yeah. at my average. My average watts was is a three point six watts per kilo, um, which actually was pretty much the same as everyone else. Um, in fact, Steve Douglas had the highest uh, average average watts per kilo. So yeah, I, overall it wasn't. It at the time it was one of my best ones for that kind of length of time. Um, but like I say, I've never done anything like that since. But I guess that's because now I'm now I'm kind of a a mediocre A rather than a <laughs> <laughs> reasonably yeah, well, high up there in the Bs. Yeah. What's well, when did you when did you first start racing the A's? Do you remember like how you've been doing that probably yeah. must be about a year at least? That's about when I first hit the A's. Yeah. So I think it was. Uh, so this was that race. Let me uh, let me have a quick look. Um. I mean that race was. What was that race? That was. I mean that was quite May a long time 25th, ago. Now, twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah. So that Almost was it. And two I years think, ago. I think I got into A's maybe around April time, something like that. Um, no, no, sorry. Um, yeah, not not too long after that one, I think. And then um, I have I had gone I have gone down to B's, but since just from lack of racing, but um, because I don't really like doing the the herd summer league because of it's all it's all sprint. Although I'm actually might like it now now. Now I've got this sudden sprint in me, but um, yeah, um, since then I've mostly been in the A's, and obviously it's a lot more difficult in the A's because you um, you know there's such a huge range, isn't there, with the A with the A pluses and everything. Yep. Do you do you enjoy that challenge? Do you find it motivating, demotivating? What do you, yeah, how do you I, approach I, that? I mean. Yeah, I, I personally I find it really motivating because I'm, you know, I like trying to, um, you know, stay in the front group. Um, that's that's kind of the challenge for me in a lot of those A races. Well, even in you know things like herd winter winter racing. I mean, it's, you know, sometimes you you're in there with you know four or five like A pluses, and and the scorekeepers and all those kind of people of the world. And depending on what the route it is, it is really difficult to stay in that front group, isn't it? So. You know, I I, I quite a lot, kind of like that challenge, um, and you know, I think I'm still slowly improving. It's a slow progress, but uh, yeah, I yeah, just kind of love the competition. I think really. You mentioned earlier that you really enjoy the process of training. Uh, maybe yeah. that you know you you gain that from years of you know years of sport years of of training for running what is your you said you've got a coach what's your general plan yes well actually the plan is to so i still want i still mostly think um running is is where 
I, I could excel. So the the actual plan, um, when I got together with this guy, so my coach is a guy called Mike Trees, who's quite a, he's a very well-known um, triathlete. He was a pro triathlete. He's now one of the best in the world, age group triathlete, triathletes. He, he just did Kona recently, for example. So he's, he's really, really good. Um, he, you know, and I got together with him like, maybe like two and a half years ago with kind of a three-year plan in mind because now I'm 54 when I'm 55 um I go into a new age group and to really attack maybe like the British records and even maybe some of the like the world records for my age group in running wise so maybe 1500 meters uh even 5k if I can manage to get it in my head that I can run a fast 5k <laughs> it's a bit of a mental thing for me but you know I'm, my times aren't massively far away from being able to like run the British record for example um if if I can get a good um sort of length of of training behind me so yeah I mean it's a little bit of a, a big ambition and maybe I can't do it but at the end of the day you have to you have to aim high right and you have to try so, you know, I'm training twice a day, nearly every day, like hour and a half, two hours of training every day. Um, and yeah, just, just, you know, but I think that's my, my kind of, um, my, what, what's, you know, the, my abilities, me, you know, I, I can do quite, quite a high volume of training and, and, you know, I've got a good fam family situation that where, you know, I don't have children around me all the time that I, that I have to look after and things like that so I do have the time to do it so I'm kind of, kind of quite lucky but yeah that's that's the plan time will tell if I can do it <laughs> maybe I can't maybe I can what is your approximate training volume at this point yeah so um probably like uh 50 miles running a week and I don't know I mean I, I don't really monitor the, how much cycling but it's it's generally an hour hour and a half a day um and probably like around an hour and a half and two hour to two hours of all of my training but sometimes long longer like the other day i did i did about three and a half hours of of different different training i did like a couple of tour de swifts that kind of thing so yeah well, it's quite quite high volume but um it seems does seem to be paying off when you do races like today who does all the laundry <laughs> well, actually, it's, a good, it's actually a good point it, it is quite it is a constant battle i mean uh yeah it is um i probably i'm having to do it like yeah nearly every day i'm i'm, I'm washing like all my all my kit yeah like i i, I i'm only half joking about this because i like i've thought about <laughs> going into like twice a day cycling and then it's like oh i have like you know four bibs i gotta like wash laundry every other day it's like this uh yeah, goes, yeah. goes back to when we were doing the omnium or when like tatum was doing the the seven in the weekend uh for hwr like how how do you have seven pairs of bibs that you can just keep throwing on <laughs> a whole weeks worth of laundry in two days <laughs> i've got quite a quite a few pairs of the um i've only got the shorts i don't really have the the kind of one piece bib bib thing or whatever you call it don't think i'm none? not I have a very non-professional cyclist. So I've got just the short, the cycling. I've just got the shorts, and I'll just wear t-shirts for the for the top. Matt, you're <laughs> you, you got to get some bib shorts. It'll change your life, man. 
Is that is a bibs the ones with the little yeah, kind of yeah, bracy yeah. things, right? Okay, I have got I've got one for the tri for duathlon. Oh, like obviously a full you've suit. got a yeah, because yeah. yeah, obviously you've got to um, run and uh, you know and in the, in the same thing. But um, yeah, and, I know. How, I know how long a duathlon are you doing? Yeah, it's only a sprint, so it's a twenty. It's a five k, twenty k, two and a half k. So it should be perfect for me right now. I'm gonna. I think I'll be. It's it's March the fifth. So I reckon that's I could still, be in good, good shape for that. That's still like a longer run than your sort of normal stuff. So that's like move it out of your comfort zone a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then I, yeah. I mean, I'm 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 okay. I mean, I think fifteen hundred to five k is my kind of distance. Probably my best distance would have been something like a two mile type race. Because I wasn't quite like some of the fifteen hundred meter runners are so so naturally fast, um, like at eight hundred meters and that kind of thing. And I think I was pretty fast, but um, they, you know, but then over something like two miles, so it, it kind of fits fairly nicely into what I can do. It's just if if I can translate the the Zwift cycling into the duathlon into the uh, time trial, that would be that's the big one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh... Go ahead, Brent. I was going to say, are you are you racing the season of ZRL two? Are you on right now? Uh, I can't. No, I can't do it because um, Tuesday night is the is, is in in the UK. It's always that's always track training night, mm. like on the running track. So unfortunately, um, yeah, I haven't been able to do one of them, which which I I kind of really I do miss the ZRL. It's, it's really even though it's it doesn't necessarily suit me because of all the kind of sprinty stuff, but it's just a it's always a a really good competition isn't it and a really really good challenge so uh yeah unfortunately i haven't done one zrl this season it's a bit of a shame but i'm doing the tour de zwifts at the moment which are so my my local cycling club uh, we've got a like a little competition throughout all the, the tour de zwifts and um yeah it's there's been some really good really good competition in that I'm, i think i'm sixth overall at the moment oh so you're like racing them yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, um, oh. we, we, it's like a bit, yeah. And and some of them are really good, some really good cyclists in there. But um, it's, and it's, yeah, you can imagine it's quite, uh, <laughs> like, like quite competitive. But um, then there's one guy that's like a fantastic hill climber, which really upset me because I thought I'd, um, I thought I'd rock up with, on on like climbers gambit and like take a minute, couple of minutes out of them or something. But yeah, this guy beat me by thirty seconds and, <laughs> yeah. In fact, three of them beat me by thirty seconds on Climbers Gambit. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, like what kind of times were they doing on the? Um, let me let me let me check. Let me check. Um, I don't know if it was which one was it? Was it number? Was it the fifth one? Oh no, no, hold on. No, it was the. I didn't. I didn't. That was. It was. The it, was the, it was the sixth one, I think. Uh, no, no, it wasn't that one. I'll see, I'll see if I can find it while we're talking. Um, yeah. But it was... Um, I did the long one. Oh, it was the fifth one. No, that's... Oh, that bagel. Don't even mention the bagel to me. That bagel. <laughs> so, so, oh, God. Uh, I guess while you're looking, favorite yes. and least favorite course? Mm. Favorite course is... Um, well, I, I really do like Surrey Hills. I don't think I've done it enough. Um to to say it is definitely my favorite but uh you know i do love that one um least favorite well now the least favorite is that um is the um 
that that thing we did the other day, everything bagel, that was ridiculous. Um, that that really really hurt me to be honest. <laughs> I think stage six was Watopia. Excited yeah, three sisters for forty eight. Uh, I've got it. Uh, I can't find for some reason. I can't seem to find which. Oh yeah yeah. The the problem is it's okay. I get it. Yeah, because okay, so I think stage four it was the one, and oh, I don't know. Yeah, no, that wasn't it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know which one it is, but yeah, okay. I think um, I, I do really like. I think Climbers Gambit is a, a really good one because um, you you've got those kind of kickers at the beginning and then the the long the long climb. So if you've uh, if you're really focused, um, you can. You can really uh, do it. You know, it, it it suits my kind of cycling. I think the least favourites are actually. I, I said I said um, everything bagel, but but actually that's quite hilly. I think the least favourites are things like the seaside sprint, where it's just like I you, I can easily get beaten by um, riders that can put a lot of watts out because of the uh, you know the, the sprint at the end, which is all, always upsetting. <laughs> um ah uh, yeah yeah i found it i found it now i'll tell you what what the what their times were um sorry about that I was the uh, okay it's because it lists the um the a riders first doesn't it so they did um 1607 oh um, yeah you did a 1702 yeah Oh, that's bananas, cuckoos. <laughs> yeah, we were uh, unfortunately they they there was two of them were were together, and I was kind of chasing them. I got within like three seconds at one point. I just couldn't quite couldn't quite bridge it. Um, but yeah, the, the, and if you have a look, they're all the Kingston Wheelers. Um, so that's all of our local cycling club, and our, and our local cycling club. I think we came, we got like ten people in the first fifteen. Um, so it was a it was a brilliant race, but um, yeah, those guys are they're 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 pretty hot. This the guy Judah Rand, my gosh, that guy is he's really really strong. So do you yeah, ride I mean, with these uh, with these people outside as well? You know what, I I really want to, and I especially want to because I think they they're looking at me as if oh yeah, some sort of joker on Zwift that's probably cheating. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know um so i i i might have cycled with one one of them on on a um a test ride but i haven't really cycled much with them out, outside but um yeah we 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 are planning on it now but they yeah they're really good guys but the 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 competition in that in that event has um has been really really good as as you can imagine we've also got alice lethbridge she's a, a member of the of the club and she's obviously a fantastic elite uh, lady cyclist so uh so it's a pretty decent club, I think. And uh, now we've got you to do uh, broadcasts. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Been good. Been good. Been good chatting. Do you enjoy? Be... Do you enjoy doing the broadcast? Do you enjoy being on the broad? Like if someone's doing it and you're racing? Oh, in in the commentary. Comments? Oh, the yeah. commentary. I just think it's really good. I just really, I thought it was really good just really nice like with james and becca and steve like commentating on it and i think it just um 
I used to kind of, kind of like quite like watching it and um, you know, people like calling out your name and, and sort of, and so I thought, you know, I'd really like to keep, keep this going. I'm probably not, don't do it quite as well as those guys. And, you know, the first one I did, Chris and I, uh, we, um, we basically, yeah, just chatted about stuff, hardly anything about the race, but yeah. Um, so I'm going to keep that going, even if it's just me, but it's always really good Brent when you're, when you join me, even if you're actually racing at the same time, which is kind of showing off. <laughs> well, I think the commentary suffers, but you know, it's good fun and gives you someone to talk to us. So just... <laughs> yeah, yeah, off. exactly. 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 Uh, speaking of kind of infamous Zwift stories and forgive me if I'm wrong about, was it you that had to uh, call your mom to hit your bike? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so this this was a, another brilliant one because the, the the funniest thing was it was in a I think it was my second or third um ZRL with James and Becker and everyone. And um we it it was on Richmond actually. Not Richmond, it was on Harrogate. And um we're we're cycling around and um and I was doing quite well at that stage and my um back I felt the back was becoming loose and I looked down and the, um, the quick release thing had, had, had come undone. So, and my mum's in, in, she's in her room and I'm like, mom, quick. She comes dashing in and, and I said, look, this thing here. And, and everyone's like <laughs> laughing because this is like a live broadcast. Everyone, you could hear everyone laughing on it. So she comes in and, and tightens it and then, and I'm like, oh, thank you. And then she disappears. Then it comes undone again. And I'm like, oh my god! And and we're getting towards the finish now, and it's going to be, you know, <laughs> if it if it falls off the train, it's a disaster. And then I called her in again, and she starts tightening it up. Couldn't push it in. And I'm like, get a hammer! <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, but it, the, the, just the funniest bit is it's all live on this broadcast, and, it, and you can I don't think I can't remember which one it was, but you can go back and, and listen to it, and everyone it's like. James and Becca and everyone just laughing their heads off, like, what is going on? <laughs> so, yeah, I, that was kind of infamous. I think on that note, um, that we will remind everyone to double check your quick release, double check your trainers, double check yeah. all your gear. And um, we will say thank you to Sean Fogenberg and thank you to our Traumversation special guest, Matt DeFreitas. Thank you very um, much. This has it's been, been great. a lot of fun. Yeah, nice one, guys. Thank you. I really appreciate it. All right, thanks. Boo and good night, everybody. See you guys.